Welcome to the CAMCast. The CAM Project is the take action nonprofit organization to inspire, influence, and impact kids and teens worldwide. Your CAMCast host interviews older teens, parents, mentors, and specialists, providing tips, advice, education, inspiration, and a supportive community to kid and teen entrepreneurs. Introducing owner of Actionista Live and co founder of the CAM Project, your host, Samara Beth Hurley. Welcome to another episode of CAMCast. I am so excited to introduce another clubhouse friend of mine. We woke him up at three o'clock in the morning. That's how amazing he is. Three o'clock in the morning because he's in Australia and I'm here in Arizona. He thought that being on the CAMCast was incredibly important because spreading the joy and the hope and the inspiration and the positive mindset. I'm just assuming he thought this really, but is <laughs> it's really important in our day and age. So it's worth getting up at three in the morning for us. I want to welcome Jacques-Ashan Sharma, all the way from Australia. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning <laughs> for you. Good midnight for me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I couldn't, you know, wait for it because that's the reason I just took the first available spot for 3 a.m. I was like, let's do this. I was so excited. Thanks for having me. First of all, I really appreciate you letting me come and share. Oh, my journey. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. So where in Australia are you located? You know, my brother-in-law is from Australia. I don't think I told you that. Yeah. I'm in Melbourne. Oh, I think he's from Melbourne. He's in LA now with with my brother, but that's awesome. Okay, well, Australia is on the top of my bucket list. Uh, so we're going to keep that in there because uh, CamCast and CamCast Kids is going to do a world tour. Okay, that's great. <laughs> and when, um, when, when you come to Australia, let me know. I can sponsor the trip. Ooh, see this, folks, is how podcasting happens. And Clubhouse, let's talk quickly about Clubhouse because I've met so many people through Clubhouse that have already been guests. But tell me what you've gotten out of it, and then we'll get into your life and everything that's so incredible and inspirational about you. With Clubhouse, this is my 22nd podcast interview. And for Clubhouse, I never did any interview on podcast. But since I've been on the podcast, I've been doing uh, interviews after interviews. And it's been amazing because, as you said, that we met such a wonderful people on that platform. And that platform has given us a sense of humanity, you know, that there are people, those who do care about uplifting others, people that are those who really care about society and about emotions you know because we came out of the stress and the anxiety and a lot of drama in 2020 and i think this is what people were looking for there so i i'm having a wonderful time on that app seriously uh met beautiful people like you you know <laughs> it's amazing I really appreciate it. And I couldn't agree with you anymore. It has been life-changing, business-changing. I just jumped between so many rooms. And even last night, my dad's in the hospital and I had a breakdown on Clubhouse last night and they were all there for me. And 
you know, we're also dealing with some stuff. I can say this on Camcast because it's explicit. Kids do not listen to this. Um, but I'm going through some stuff where the kids are talking about whiskey with flavor because Ava's on YouTube at school and, you know, how kids are. She's in fifth grade. And so she feels uncomfortable. And some of the boys got in trouble. One of the boys made her a batch of cookies. He said he was interested in the YouTube channel because he actually likes to bake. But, you know, Ava was being talked about behind her back and she wasn't sure what they were saying. And the teacher ended up calling me about it. And Ava didn't tell me until like weeks later when this boy made her cookies. She brought a whole thing of cookies home. They were delicious. So I think we have a cookie branch now. But I went on a clubhouse and I just I had a breakdown. And, you know, Raven Blair was on there and she said, let's get her on my show. You know, it's let's show these kids they cannot be bullying. You know, I think there might be a level of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, or just not understanding. And so, and the kids are bored, right? Yeah. No, definitely. So we have to show them, us adults, that being an entrepreneur at a young age and having passion and drive and wanting to do something is not something to make fun of anyone with. So speaking of kids, tell us about your wife and your daughter. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. That's what is the problem that, with us, we've been conditioned, you know, uh, since our childhood. And there are some thoughts which is programmed since we born, which is difficult to fade away. When I started my journey on mindset and mindfulness and all, now I am aware about the things what I need to tell my kids to my daughter and how I, I want her to program her brain. So with my daughter, I do affirmation every single morning, okay? And it's been, she started in 2019, you know, doing it with me. And now she doesn't have to listen to it anymore. She knows and she does it by herself. And my next goal is with her to put into a meditation practice so she can build that gratitude from the age of five year old because I want to condition that brain from now onwards. If she gets to that stage where I was in 2015, when I was in my setback, when I was having a downfall, if she goes through that downfall, she knows how to bring her back, bring herself back in the game because often people lose faith, often people lose hope but I do not want her to lose faith and hope because there is always a way out. With my wife, she is the best thing ever happened in my life, Samara. The reason why, as a migrant in Australia, I only have two people, those who are close to me. It's my wife and my daughter. When I made into an accident and which put me on the wheelchair, she was the only one looking after the family, two kids, okay, me, you know, she was cleaning me up every day. She was taking me for the shower, taking me to the doctors and doing everything. And I will go into the story later, but she was the provider. As a man, we think that we are the provider. But for me, she is the man and she is the provider to the house. And if she would have been not there, I would have been not talking to you right now because I tried to commit suicide three times in 2016. Oh my goodness. So 
kudos to her and i am blessed that i got that lady in my life seriously and can you give us her name so we can just yeah. keep her yeah. in our prayers too of course rashmi rashmi it's yeah, beautiful Rash- beautiful it's too bad it's 3 a.m. over there because i would love to see her beautiful face Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, well we'll have to maybe do a a follow up at some point because I love what you're doing with your daughter and we're dealing with a lot in our house right now. And I think that it would be amazing if you could help us do that and the CAM project if you could help teach the affirmation and meditation with the younger since you've done it with a young yeah. child. I know a ton of people who do this for for a living, but Have they done it with their kids? That's a whole different ball game. And you've done it with a, fi- a four year, four or three year old. How old was she when you started? Three three year old. When she was three year old, I started. Yeah. I used to put the affirmations on the TV. I used to make her sit next to me, and then she used to say it after me and listen to the TV because she didn't knew the words, but she was you know repeating those words, and now it's conditioned there, you know, in the subconscious mind. It's amazing. So maybe we should do another episode where we're just doing that the affirmation and we'll have the kids. That's incredible. I love that. You did reference how your world was turned upside down and I'm sorry that you had gone through that and the depression that came along with it. I have anxiety and such, so I can relate. Tell us a little, a little bit about what your life was like before. What were you doing? Yeah. for a living before the accident and this was a car accident um you didn't actually mention everything so let's talk about that too but let's talk about before yeah of course actually i came to australia 15 years ago from india as a student i did my studies i was working hard while i was doing studies i just came to study and go back but when i came just within 30 days my father left my father passed away and he had a stroke and he left us and then i don't didn't had any reason to go back because the only reason i wanted to go back is because i told my father i will come back i want to do some business and all in india but then when he left i was like now i want to build something by my own over here so i completed my study got a good job i was i started working with a with a power company one of the biggest power supplier in australia I was working as a sales and marketing manager. I got that job in 2010 uh, February and then in 2010 December I got married. My wife came to Australia in 2012 and then you know life was good. I was working full time. She also got a job. She was working as well. And then we obviously you start planning family and all you know you try to move forward that's exactly what we were trying to do so we started exploring to buy house in australia our own house while we were exploring that she in 2014 we were expecting she was expecting a baby we finally bought the house in we bought the land started building the house got completed in 2015 and we moved into the house and in 2015 august the daughter came so the life was looking good but i didn't knew that something else is there for me and i was working uh, 9 to 5 but in 2014 i started a side hustle for just to have an extra income 
because when she was expecting i was talking to my friend and i was like let's do something as a side hustle because rashmi will be out of the work job will not be enough to pay for the mortgage so me and him started a side hustle which was a direct marketing channel so i was running that and we were doing sales b2b sales for a telecom company in australia and for the solar company in australia so that was also picking up was good life was looking good and i but i didn't knew that there is something else coming up in next couple of months you know we never It, do <laughs> exactly right so bring us to that the day that it happened do you have memory of it oh yeah i have every single memory it's there it's right here right here because this is what i tell everyone samara that do not ever do not ever fade your bad memories because those bad memories will make you paint a successful story for yourself one day because often you speak to anyone your family your friends they will always advise you to fade those memories advise you to forget about those downfalls but i will never advise anyone to forget about those downfalls the reason why i still got my wheelchair right there in my house you know why i got that wheelchair i don't want it but i want it because it reminds me where i have come from and as a human you and me will going to lose focus one day you and me will going to get demotivated you and me will going to get depressed because life is all about pivot you know it's up and down mm-hmm. you know even though you program your brain even though you do anything you will have those you know moments where you will feel low but when mm-hmm. i feel low i go back and sit on that wheelchair and it reminds me it connects me with my core my intention my why so you're no longer in the wheelchair so you were in it for no, a period I'm of time not, no i'm so, not on the wheelchair but i use uh-huh. frame or the stick to walk mm-hmm. yeah because i can't walk more than like 1 kilometer it's going to ask if it was physical therapy or surgery that you went through to surgery spinal surgery yeah right. spinal oh, surgery so on the 11th of october 2015 i went to my work as a normal day and uh, i went in and my boss called me in the office and he's like that sorry to say but we need to make you redundant from the workplace because we are cutting the staff and we are thinking of selling the company and all so i was like oh god now this is now after i got bought the house and got a fed up uh... in my home and wife is out of work but i was still had that satisfaction i was like the side business which i started i will focus on that and mm-hmm. i'll get part time job before the christmas because it was 11th of october i was like in two months it will be christmas and i want to get the job any job part time or full time before the christmas because you can't find any job in christmas until february next year because people are just so, not focusing yeah. on any, yeah mm-hmm. i got gotcha. you i came back home uh, from on that day 11th of october and then i called my friend another friend i was like this is what happened and do you have any office work at your place i can do part time or full time whatever you want me to do and then he's like okay fine come down next morning and we will have a chat 
on the 12th of October 2015, I was on my way to see him and I made into an accident. And that put me on that wheelchair. And when they took me to the hospital, the doctors did the MRI and everything, CT scan and all. Then they said that there is a severe nerve compression in the spine, which has stopped sending signal uh, below your tummy. So I was totally paralyzed, no movements, no sensation below tummy. And I was sitting on that wheelchair and then they went away, the doctors, and they came back with some paperwork. They asked me to sign. And before one of the doctors, because they were like four or five doctors, you know, together. One was a neuro doctor, someone was someone, and then I didn't knew. And then they... They told me that before you sign, Jackie Shen, we want to let you know that even though we want to perform the surgery right now because it's a severe damage, but there is only 5% chance that you might going to walk back again. And then I lost my shit. I started crying. Mm-hmm. My was standing in front of me with Prisha, with my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, carrying her in the arms because Prisha was like only three months old. And she started crying and then I stopped crying because I wanted to hold my emotions because it was me and her, nobody else, you know, in Australia as a family. So I was like, if I will cry, she will cry and then she will go in depression and stress and I do not want her to go in that. So I was holding my emotions. You were internalizing all of that? Yeah, because I didn't have any choice, you know, and then... They took me to for the operation. The surgery went for like 10 hours. And then I came out and I was in hospital for like three to four months. I was in the intensive care. And then they moved me to the rehab for next three months. So I was there for seven to eight months. But I was going through that thoughts that who's paying for the bills who's paying i was for gonna the- i was just gonna ask you because i lived in canada and i live in the u.s so in canada yeah. you'd be covered by msp but what about in australia yeah so australia you only get supported by the government but they don't mm-hmm. pay for the bills and all they just give you a child support and that's not enough that goes towards the child you know to pay for her food and all so i was going through that thoughts and then three months into the surgery I got a call from one of my client, the side hustle, which I was doing with my friend. I got a call from my client that, hey, Jackie, I just want to let you know that your friend is asking us to sign a new contract. So are you aware about anything? I was like, I'm not aware because I don't know what's going on. I'm in hospital. He's like, yeah, I found out that you had a surgery and all, but I didn't want it to disturb you. But... I think there is something fishy going on. I was like, okay, I will find out. And then I called my friend and he's not picking up. I asked Rashmi to call his wife, but he, she's also not picking up. And we both crying. Nobody's picking up. I was like, what the hell? And then I found out that he took over all the clients in another company. Uh, he left me in the hospital with zero income. And now nice I'm... Guy. Going in, I'm going in depression and anxiety mode because of that. Because now I'm, you know, in fear mode that the bank will come and they will throw us out of the house because it's a new house. And when it's a new house, if you miss one mortgage payment, you know, you get emails, you get phone calls, you know. I was in that fear and 
Rashmi was like, oh, don't worry, take care of your health. We will find, we'll do something. And I was in hospital. And you know, when I was in hospital, I was okay. The reason why I tell you, because when you go through some setbacks and when you have some physical trauma or physical disability, I think people look for others, those who are in the worst than worse condition than them. So when I was in hospital, I saw people, those who are lying on the bed, they cannot even move, you know, right. cannot even talk. But I was still able to, uh, the doctors were able to lift me up with the hoist, put me on the wheelchair, and I was able to move around on the wheelchair. So I was like, I still got a better life, you know, I'm moving around. But I was keep asking Rashmin when I was in the hospital that who's paying for the mortgage? Who's paying for the bills? It's been six months now, you know, and we are not getting any income. The central in the government is paying only $400 a month. That's not enough because the mortgage itself is 2300 Australian dollars. And then she's like, don't worry. Uh, I have started some cloth alteration work from home. Mm. So I'm she didn't doing, even tell you she's that modest and yeah. oh, God and, bless and her heart. Because she didn't want to put me in more stress. She wanted me to, to take care of uh, health and get better because I was, I was in the rehab that time and going through the exercise and every, everything, you know, I was like, okay, fine. And then, you know, when I came back after eight months from the hospital, I asked her and it was already two, three weeks since I left the hospital and now I started feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. I used to just sit on the wheelchair, talk to myself. And I asked Rashmi, I was like, please tell me who's paying for the mortgage. And then she finally told me that it's mom paying for the mortgage from India, borrowing money from others. Oh my goodness. And that broke me. That literally broke me up. And It was that, your mom. Yeah, my mom. Yeah. But she, she, she was borrowing money on loan, you know, borrowing loans from others, sending money to us. The problem was that in India, it's me and my mom and my sister. My sister works full time, but she doesn't make that much of money with was my mortgage in Australia. Right. And when you transfer money from India to Australia, it's a huge amount. That broke me. I was like, no, I don't want this. I, this, this is shit, man. I never imagined that I have to go through this. And from that that moment, I went into very severe depression and anxiety. I started punching walls. I literally made holes in the wall. I was punching it so hard. In and the hospital? In in at home because by oh, the, you were back at home at that I, point. Okay. And then Rashmi got scared, and I already tried to harm myself. And then she called the doctor and the doctors put me on the mental health care plan. And they prescribed me the medication for the depression. They assigned me a psychiatrist who was coming to see me every week, once a week. But nothing was helping out because I was not able to see any light, any bright light coming in. I was like, it's all dark and it's all, it's all faded because then you go through the thoughts. Have you ever done anything wrong with someone that you have been chosen for this? Your karma, you know, yeah. Karma cycle. Karma. I'm a big believer. I'm very spiritual and all yeah. that. Yeah. 
and as a hindu as a sikh family and as yes. a hindu culture in india we are a big believer in karma you know yes and, i know yeah and that's the reason i was like have i steal someone's money have i harmed someone in some way have i done something wrong with anyone why it's happening to me but i was losing hope and then i try to harm myself second time third time and by that time it was november 2016 i was sitting on my wheelchair in the drawing room prisha was 8 9 months old by then she was playing on the floor next to the tv and that moment she looked at me smiled and that changed everything somehow everything, <laughs> you know, she's your light yeah everything around me within me and i don't i still don't know what was that i don't know it was a message from a god a message from universe or i don't know but she looked at me and you know you can feel that energy and the vibe and i was feeling that and then i i didn't even say it out loud but inside in my heart i took a oath you know i was like i am going to fucking get out of this wheelchair one day and i'm going to change that 5% which my doctor gave me before the surgery i'm going to change that 5% into 500% mind <laughs> over matter <laughs> i'm definitely going to walk one day and i'm going mm-hmm. to walk for this girl for her not for anyone else but i'm going to walk for her and then from that day i decided that i want to learn more about people like me those who have defied the odds you know those who have come out of this situation so i started reading about mindset reticular activating system and i started changing my expectations into appreciation you know i started appreciating my mom paying for my mortgage i started appreciating rashmi doing alterations you know and making $5 $10 per alteration to pay for the bills mm-hmm. i started appreciating that i at least have a roof you know still on me i got the beautiful daughter and that moment i went into gratitude and then i started doing meditation i started doing affirmation and the one practice i did was i started asking questions to my limiting beliefs and the ideas because if we do not ask questions to our limiting beliefs and the ideas we will have a miserable life as i said before that we been conditioned you know since childhood that's why what i did is i wrote down my limiting beliefs on one piece of paper i wrote down what i want to believe on one piece of paper and then i used to burn that limiting beliefs the piece of paper i wrote down the limiting beliefs i used to burn it put it in the bin and i did that for 90 days every oh, I love that. i'm taking notes like <laughs> i'm going to listen to this six more times okay i this is amazing i did so that for burn so you took your limiting beliefs you wrote them down and yeah. you literally lit a fire and burned them and put them in the garbage if you go on my instagram you will find the video there as well which i did okay. later on to explain people how i did it so i did it that for 90 days because if you want to tap into your subconscious mind okay you need to have a consistency 
the reason why we ask everyone to do affirmation you know for 60 days 90 days okay mm-hmm. because yeah. then you are tapping into your subconscious mind you know anything you need to implement in your life you need to do it consistently because repetition is mother of all the skills you know so you need to do it repeatedly so you can tap into your your subconscious mind and that's exactly what i did and then i saw that i started believing in what i really want to believe instead of believing in the things which are not going to exist in my life you know which is not going to help me to move forward which is not going to help me to get unstuck myself you know and then all it's all started and then after doing that uh, meditation and affirmation and reading books learning about the reticular activating system the amygdala you know how it works yeah, the small part of your brain and then in 2017 after 9 months i started feeling good the depression went away i stopped taking my medication you know for the depression the psychiatrist told me to stop the medication so i stopped it and then in december 2018 i was sitting on my wheelchair i finished my uh, meditation and uh, i finished my meditation and i was sitting and then i saw my toe moving you know like this and i called rashmi i was like rashmi rashmi i can i can see my toe is moving and she's like are you serious i was like yes yes and then she came and i was like see this it's moving it's moving and then <laughs> i asked her can you touch and see if i can feel your hand and she touched it and i felt her hand on my toe oh my god i was like this is amazing you know this is, i straight away i called my doctor at 9:30 I was like this is what happened he's like okay fine can you come and see me I went and saw him my GP and then he assigned me to a hydro exercise the water exercise right you know yeah and then I started doing that and I did that for like 6 weeks and then after doing that for 6 weeks I took my first step in January 2019 in oh front of doctors who told me that I'm not going to walk back again that is unbelievable it's such a great story because you definitely you lived through so many challenges all at one time and i mean i can resonate in a different way because i have fibromyalgia and chronic pain and um i have anxiety induced type little seizures and Yeah. Uh, faint about a lot <laughs> panic attacks that kind of thing just because there's a lot going on at one time sometimes i have a paralysis of my face my arms and my legs and it's very scary and it can go on 20 minutes sometimes it's just amazing how your mind that can change everything about your well-being oh, yeah. and and that's cut part of what the cam project's about too is helping me and my family but move into a more positive inspirational light because covid has been such a hit i mean i've been in event planner for over two get decades and you know got to make money but that's not happening right now for me so it's amazing and you're such an inspiration you pretty much have the secrets of overcoming paralysis in your back pocket that's pretty powerful Because- um yeah and you are right and it's all come down to the mindset you know it's all come down to how mm-hmm. you are- tapping into your subconscious mind because when your mind shifts from wanting more 
to realizing mm-hmm. you already have enough you will see a subtle shift starts to occur in your life and your mind can create all the abundance you you want in your life and that's the reason why you want to protect your mind as the only asset you have in your life people often start the business or anything in their life the first thing they will th- think of is strategy planning how to make money but they don't understand that before they start talking about this they need to reprogram themselves and they need to recreate new you and they need to tap into their mindset right mindset because the only thing i had when i was sitting on that wheelchair was my mindset and if i would have not tapped into that after that moment with my baby girl i would have still sitting on that wheelchair Because I really wish I, I knew you back when my grandmother had a stroke and was paralyzed and we could have helped her. I mean, th- there's so many people you could have helped. Yeah. Jackie, yeah. I mean, and you I realize now, you know, I realize now. I was skeptical somehow. I was really skeptical when I got out of the wheelchair. I was skeptical of sharing my story. But there is a story behind that also. When I was on the wheelchair, there are two people I literally followed. not followed i stopped them on <laughs> yeah and youtube and all tony robbins and jay shetty is the second i'm sorry yeah. i didn't catch it jay shetty and you know and when you work for the greatness the universe make sure that you get everything what you want in your life and because and as tony robbins says that life is happening for you not to you and that's exactly what happened with me I was skeptical I was not going to share my story I was so skeptical I was like nobody bothers about me not give nobody gives a shit about my story there are people goes through worse than what I have gone through but because this t- Tony Robbins was a big impact I wanted to see him personally so when I started earning income through my online business which I'm doing right now I contacted sydney office of tony robbins and i spoke to a lady there uh, named chloe she's from uk but she's working here i called her i spoke to her i was like hey this is what i want to do then she asked me that you are so excited to meet tony is there is any particular reason so i told her my story over the phone and you know what happened she asked me that i want to interview you on our business page on facebook wow you to share your story there i was like no no don't <laughs> i'm not going to do that because so that was before you were sharing your story yeah yeah it's the first time <laughs> yeah i never spoke to anyone this is the first time she told me and she pushed me sure she's like if you will share your story i will give you one ticket free and vip ticket free I was like are you serious? I was like okay fine I'll do it. And then she did my Facebook interview and you won't believe after doing that I saw the comments I saw people sending me DMs and I got so overwhelmed I was like there are people those who really care there are people those who really want to listen to me you know there are people those who really want to connect with me and from there I started sharing my journey and after sharing my journey i got another opportunity to be 
in a team launch team of Jay Shetty's first book launch in September 2020 wow everything started happening you know without me looking for those things they were coming to me so first book launch of Jay Shetty the second mentor the second guru when i was sitting on that wheelchair i got to be in his book launch team on facebook where we were sharing strategies of how to pre-sell the book on social mm-hmm. media right. how to promote it and then i got 10 uh, pre-launch copies from his team which i gave out to people i know so that's how it all happened and then recently the forbes thing it also came to me So I'm actually going to stop you there because we need to take a commercial break. I want when we come back, I want to definitely talk about the entrepreneurial yeah. younger self as well and how your culture, how the Hindu culture is with becoming an entrepreneur because I'm sure family traditions are really important in your culture like they are in in mine and then go into what you're doing now and Forbes because that is amazing and incredibly impressive. So, we're here with Camcast and we're going to take a short commercial break with our sponsors. Make sure to come back because we have all kinds of secrets that Jackie's going to share with us and you're going to find out how you can get more information from him. Hey, thanks for joining in for us with Jakashan here on this episode of Camcast. We have spoken for so long because Jakashan and I could talk forever. And I just wanted to make sure that we gave everyone ample time to enjoy the second half of this. Therefore, we've decided to split this into two episodes. Please be sure to come back and listen to the next episode with Jakashan. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. We would love to consider your kid or teen as a potential guest on Camcast Kids, hosted by the Cam Project co-founder, kidpreneur Ava Hurley and friends. Also accepting applications for parents, educators, specialists and entrepreneurs on the Camcast. Visit the camproject.org to apply. Remember to follow our podcasts and find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.